This is Ray. This is a, a special memoriam episode of 100 Words or Less podcast. Um, this is the first time I've ever done this. I've never posted any old episodes for rebroadcasting or anything like that. Um, just because I guess I've never felt the need to. And fortunately, I'm uh, younger. I'm only 35 years old. And uh, most of the people that I are sur- am surrounded with um, are still with us on this planet. But uh, sad news broke. I'm recording this uh, today, which is uh, Tuesday, February 2nd, that uh, John Bunch, the vocalist of Sensefield, War Generation, Reason to Believe, um, he was also working on a bunch of other projects currently I know here in Orange County, has passed away. I have no news about how it happened or any of the details surrounding that. I'm sure over the course of the next couple days, we will indeed uh, hear something, and it's... uh, yeah, it's just terrible. He's one of my favorite favorite vocalists <clears throat> of all time, and that's the reason why I felt like he, uh, yeah, would have liked more people to hear this episode, because um, we did this, when I say we, I said I did this, I don't know, maybe about two years or so ago, year and a half ago, um, and the conversation is still incredibly relevant, and you get to hear how excited he is about music in general, and... Um, he was just a great guy. I only got to spend, uh, you know, an hour with him, and then obviously at all of the shows I attended that he performed. And, um, yeah, there's no words. It sucks. It's horrible when people you look up to die. And, uh, I mean, well, it just sucks when people die in general. Um, so, yeah, this is a uh, rebroadcast of a conversation I had with John Bunch uh, some two years ago in his living room, uh, actually just down the street from my house because he lived very, very close to me. So, Rest in peace, John, and uh, all of us will miss you and your musical talents that you have brought onto this world. So, here it is. Enjoy. Well, yeah, you're not you're not given the um, uh, yeah you're not given the attention because you're the, the the modern day standards in which bands are measured yeah. were clearly not the way bands are measured. You know, even five years ago, yeah. let alone obviously when you were your most active. Yeah, <laughs> like record sales don't matter; it's Facebook likes. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah, I mean that's what's so screwy. I know. And and the and the other thing is we we have some other friends that. You know, the guy that I'm playing with, Brad, is 10 years younger than me. Right, right. That's the mailing dude, right? That's, yeah. yeah. And when we were working on this, I, you know, once I turned 40, I started to certainly feel like we need to move sure. forward. You know, yeah, like right. I can't sit around and wait for four years, five years to... Of course. You know, because I'll be 45 years old. Right, 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 And how many more years do you have left touring and making records? Like, Of course. And, you know, his thing was, like, let's take our time. And, and we were, I mean, I, I was listening to him. He was listening to me. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have that sense of urgency the way, right, the right. way that you did. Yeah. 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 From just and, a sheer timing perspective. Right. right yeah. And so what happened was uh, what bands do now, they do this big setup where they'll do, like, a teaser. And yep. they'll do, like, a, and then so, and they'll do, like, six months waiting to build up, like, Facebook likes. And, and, and then they'll do the big release and push. But I don't know if I'll ever do another record. You start to... Of course. Yeah. You start to come... Of yeah. course. Start closing in on yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, I don't know if I'll ever do another record or tour again. Like, I want to fucking do this now. Of course. Like, let's go now. And 
And I think that's what, on some on some level, is backfired in terms of uh-huh. record sales and and Facebook likes and sure. because we just recorded it, put it out, and like here right. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like, where the fuck did this come from? Oh, totally. totally. You know. Yeah, yeah. But in my world, like it might, it might take longer on the other end right. for people to find out. But at least it's out. Of course. Well, they have they have, they have something. I mean, because from that mentality. People have something to immediately latch onto rather than like one song or right. a thirty second snippet. Right. They have an entire body of work that's already established. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Take it or leave it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like this is it. You know? so yeah. No. For that, sure. That was somewhat of uh, the difference where. Yeah. You know, Brad was like, "Well, fuck!" Like he, all his other friends' bands are doing these elaborate setups. Of course. Like, taking planning of time. Yeah. He was like an eight nine month plan yeah. for just the the setup of the announcement of. This, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I understand what you're saying. So that that uh, that yeah. was it's a different perspective than what you're using. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Brad understands. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I just kept having to remind him, like, dude, I know it's hard, but like, step into my shoes, just just right, just just for pretend, real. pretend yeah, you're yeah. me, right? For and think about Where I'm what, coming what from. it's like. Yeah, yeah what it's like to be me. Not 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 to make it all about me. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't want to sit around and wait for five years to put out a record. Of course, you know, right? Because right. I don't have yeah, yeah. Time. right, right. You know? Just from purely a time standpoint, <laughs> I need there's something I want to do, and I want I would like to do this sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, I usually start these things off with just my own like a personal anecdote to kind of get the conversation going of what my entry point to you as a musician and you know yeah. you, your musical output. So you know, here I am, like about 15, 16 years old. Um, you know, I had started, you know, whatever, got, got into pop punk and then started to, you know, when I say pop punk, like, you know, Epitaph, Bat Records stuff. And then, um, and then, you know, hardcore started to take up, take its hold as far as like, cause this was like maybe 95 ish or so. So it's like mm-hmm. bands like Earth Crisis, Strife, Snapcase. Like that was like my bread and butter for a good year, year and a half. And it, so then, uh, the Revelation Records in flight compilation comes along. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I wasn't, uh, cause I mean, as a teenager, you all know, the, the the passion in which you're pouring into the music that you're into is just like you're so focused on this. Mm-hmm. You're just like I'm not listening to anything else. Oh, yeah. like, it's fucking hardcore or oh, that. Yeah, like yeah. everything else is irrelevant. I wasn't like you, I, you have to go through that. If you're a hardcore kid. Yeah, it's a, you it's a right to, of passage. It is a right of passage. Yeah, nothing else enters into no. the into the realm of no. of your universe of hardcore. Right. Yeah. And so it was it was it was really funny. So when I got that compilation, yeah. it was one of those things where it's. I mean, that that was with the days of you know three dollar you know thirty songs. On compilations, you're like, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Not Texas is the reason, not Game Face, but the Sensible track, Building. Mm-hmm. That was the first, not like, uh, non screaming music that right. I had started to like. To, I was like, oh. And then I started to get rap this, you know, basically that opened up my musical palette to where I could be like, oh, I can listen to something else besides yeah. something screaming at totally. me. Yeah. It was just what I, I think that was, I think that was the case for a lot of. Because that was the first song on the comp, too. Yeah, where yeah, it was yeah. like, it was this. It was just this, this. You had to hear it. Totally. <laughs> yeah, there was no choice. But it was like, it, to me, I mean, like, when I reflect upon that, that, that compilation, specifically your band, like, it was one of those things where it's like, do people often reference you guys in regards to that sort of, like, that gateway that, like, helped them open up their musical um, perspective? You know, it, it, uh, people have for many years. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, it was a weird time. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through the same thing you went through. Right. In 87, 86. Of course. Or 85 even. Right, 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 right. You know, uh, and I didn't listen to anything but hardcore punk. Sure. 
for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and nothing entered into no. my world, and everything sucked but punk rock. Right. While everyone was telling me how much punk sucked, you know what I mean? Right, 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 so, right. I went through the same thing. Um, when we first started touring, we were playing with bands like Snapcase and Earth Crisis and, and... That was commonplace back then. Yeah, yeah we were yeah. playing hardcore shows, 90s hardcore shows. Right. And the bands would look at us... Like we were from Mars. Really? Yeah. Like the the this was you have to remember too. This was at a time where there was an actual scene, of course, and everyone knew each other, right. and everybody everybody were friends, right? And um, most kids were in a band, right? It was a really great time. Like mm-hmm. it was a it was it was even though that that, that scene would be considered hardcore, right? It was. It was the, the the beginning of post hardcore as well. Mm-hmm, of course, you know, uh, and every all the kids at the early sensible shows were hardcore kids. I mean, it was a hard. We were, we were part of the hardcore, right, 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 right. But we were considered post hardcore, whatever. Sure. Uh, the the thing that was interesting was we would we would come through town and we would play a show. We were. The only band that sounded like you guys that had yeah right. that had melody sure. and that but we still did have energy right of course it was like a, a the same energy but right with melody a di- right a, di- a different yeah. delivery yeah, yeah with different delivery and I, honestly what this is this is a, a a funny way of looking at it but mm-hmm. those bands would watch us a lot of them didn't get it a lot of kids didn't like it and we got ripped on but. The one weird thing was uh, we were the only band that the girls could come down to the to the floor sure. and watch and not get their yeah. nose broken. Not feel threatened, right? right or right. not get their teeth kicked in or get right. their head slammed or whatever. And so the girl, we were a safe band for the girls. Sure. Most of the girls were the girlfriends of, of the, the guy guys in the band. Sure. So those guys learned about like with with almost right. They're like, well, I guess I gotta like Sensefield, right? Or 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 they hated us even more. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then and then the other thing is, I think honestly, what happened in and this isn't in all cases and not yeah, in yeah, every yeah. in all case, but right, the guys started to realize that they wanted girls to like their band too. I know it sounds cheesy. No, no, sounds, no. Well, it, you, but, but yeah. they were like, they would hear. Well, you're, they, a teen, you're a teenager, right? Yeah, yeah. So you see this happening for sure. And um, we would come through town again six months later, four months later, right? And we we meet the same kids that were in a band, and they say, "Oh, we we have a new band. We played with you last time, but that was our old band. We have a new band. It's a little bit more melodic." <laughs> It's you know yeah. they didn't say it sounded like you right, right, right. It's, it's, you know, it's a little bit more melodic and but that's and honestly I know that sounds a weird way of looking at it. that's one of the ways the scene changed mm-hmm. not because of us I mean we right. we're, you were you were part we were of, one right. one in a million contributing factors to right. how 
the scene was evolving and changing and morphing and right. I mean, it was it was changing in the in the mid eighties. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, if you listen, I mean, look at whenever even Fugazi started and right. all the bands that were playing. Even like you look at the Descendants records in the mid eighties. I mean, things were just changing. You totally. know, and, and it's just, it's just funny like, because obviously, like you you're experiencing it, you're experiencing it on the ground level where it's like yeah. you're, you're watching yeah. you're watching these shows change and you're watching like you said these bands change stylistically yeah. to where it's just like wow this is like this is weird that this is all like you know because yeah. you don't have the perspective of like this thing changing besides you're just experiencing it right, you don't have the, right. the overall perspective is that is this lasting is this going to mean right, something right. Like, you don't have any no, you're, you're, you're off in the wild frontier like, yeah, it's yeah. Not, you're not it's, it wasn't a calculated thing like, oh, of course right the one thing that that I was always really proud of and that was really really important to me mm-hmm. at that time you know, coming out of the L.A. hardcore punk scene right. from the early 80s. Of course. And all the violence and all the gangs. And, 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 and you know, the scene in L.A. was just eventually became a prison yard. Of I mean, course. it was just... There's no rules there. Yeah, 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 And it was so violent. And it wasn't about the music anymore. And everybody had to be afraid of... Uh, of uh, getting jumped by 30 skinheads or 30... You know, people, right? And that the one dream is, is, is I hate to use that word that I always had was to start, not start because I I knew we weren't starting anything new, but to be a part of and help cultivate something that was the opposite of that. Sure, sure. That was, that was not the, violent, right? Right. That, yeah. That that, and that's what was so brilliant about. The early '90s um, post-hardcore or hardcore scene was—I don't remember there ever being a fight at a show. Right. There were things that happened that didn't involve the shows or the band, or like there were like fights outside of the show, not involving the the, the kids. Oh, right, they were at the show, right? Yeah, right. it wasn't ever kids like hardcore kids fighting hardcore kids. Of course, it's like a you know. A, a, Whatever, quote unquote, everybody everybody stuck together. Everybody knew each other's names. Everybody liked each other, Mm -hmm. and it was it was a fucking brilliant time. I mean, mean, the way I look at it, it was it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and especially like you said, a lot of people hold that time very close to their heart. Right, right. Always find it interesting because, like the you know the the common the common conception. I mean, it's funny to hear you say that. It's like you know people look or you know people bands whoever looked at you guys like you were aliens um, because it's like the common conception of that time was the fact that you know you had bands like you know Split Lip Chamberlain or whatever playing you know with bands like you know In Point and Integrity or whatever and it's like that that was obviously uh, out of a you know there was no one else to play with so like yeah but you never hear you never hear that side of where it's like oh yeah like people fucking hated us for a minute like Mm -hmm. people just didn't understand what we were doing and it took A much longer time for them to warm up to that idea yeah. than it did than if we just you know started on a hardcore. And, and, and to me, the thing that I was always kind of confused about was you know the the one compass of hardcore that I always followed was Discord, right? The of course. Discord record. And so you hear you heard all the stuff Discord was putting out. So why was why was it that whatever we were doing was so foreign? I mean, we yeah. Were, it they was, were putting out stuff that's way more challenging well, yeah, yeah. and way with a lot more years before we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't to me. It wasn't. It wasn't such a foreign concept to 
to do what we were doing because you figure like, well, if you're a hardcore kid, you have to follow Discord and see. Right. You know, you don't have to like it, right? But you at least have to know, like, okay, this is acceptable, right? In the, in the, right. Yeah, in the post-hardcore right world, you know. Sure, sure. So it wasn't. Anything, I didn't feel like we were doing anything that extreme. We were just like a post hardcore yeah, yeah. right. melodic yeah, rock, rock band. band. Yeah, right, right, right. right. And, um, and there were a lot of other bands doing it too, like Sunny Day and of course. Jawbox, Jawbreaker, Sam I Am, yeah. Seaweed, mm-hmm. Rocket from the Crib. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, we weren't just this only band doing yeah, yeah. it, you know. I mean, there was a ton of bands doing it. Of course, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, all putting their own their own take on it, yeah. which, which obviously ultimately helped people open up their ideas of what independent music could sound like, and it's not just this one thing. You know, right. It can encompass a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, backing it up, the, you know, born and raised. Were you always born and raised, like, in Orange County? Where did, where did you uh, I was, I, I'm actually not an Orange County kid. I okay. was born in Harbor City uh, in the South Bay. So I'm a South Bay Oh, kid. okay. Got it. Um, you know, like, we're at Redondo, Torrance. Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, Wilmington. Yeah. Sure. Uh, San Pedro. Right. Uh, Gardena. Right. Those, that, that's considered the South Bay. South Bay, of course. Yeah, South yeah. Bay, Los Angeles. So we were a South Bay... We were South Bay hardcore kids. Sure. Uh, what was your What was your family structure like? Do you have brothers and sisters and stuff? I have I have a, an older sister and she actually lives down the street from us right here in, oh, nice. in Orange County and and um, and uh, my dad was an LAPD officer. He he was out of the house by the time I was two. So I grew up with my mom and my sister. Okay. And then um, I was born in '70, which is makes me 43. Uh huh. So I'm not a youngin, but. Uh, no. But you, don't, you don't need to got into yeah got into music got into punk and and playing in a punk rock band in like eighty four uh-huh. eighty three we started listening to it. we heard it in eighty when we were kids because you couldn't help it with K rock playing right. adolescence social distortion you know yeah so you you'd hear it on the radio it was pretty crazy yeah vandals were on the radio um, the Clash obviously and Ramones and all that stuff with Rodney on the Rock that's that's interesting that like you that. I mean, you, you phrase it like you couldn't miss it, right? Um, but I mean, obviously, a lot of people did. Like, I mean, because I mean, even right. though even though that's considered, you know, the clash is like mainstream, right, 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 right. But the you know the common concept or the common way that people paint it was that like you know you obviously had to do a lot of work in order to find these things, right? But so you, I mean, was it was it like you and your friends or like you and your sister? How did that? No, um, or like your mom just listening to the radio and then we, these things came we, on. No, we got it. With, like K Rock became a new station in the in the I think maybe in like seventy nine eighty. Okay. And I remember being in elementary school, and we were all talking about this new radio station. Oh, got it, got it. And we're yeah. just kids. We're of like course. sixth graders or right. fifth graders or whatever. And there was this whole, obviously, new wave mm-hmm. of music, and it was just, it was new and fresh, and it's just something that we all came up on. Got and it. And yeah, it became yeah, yeah. our... Right. Our, uh, yeah, everybody's touchstone, where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, this is something that yeah. we're finding out about. Got it. And then, you know, even when you would hear, like, the Circle Jerks Wild in the streets... At ten years old, we didn't know like okay, that's punk. Yeah, like, you, you, when you become a punk rock kid, you have you can you can dress like it overnight, but there's a lot of learning to do. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you need a it's like a you need to right. get an education of on what it is, and and you need to get past the idea that okay, being a punk rocker means just being a snot nosed asshole. Of course, and it's it's actually the opposite. <laughs> right, it's like, right, right. No, you actually use your brain and you. 
try to communicate well, and you, right. you know, you listen to ideas, and you try to balance what you feel is right. And you, it, you honestly, as 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 insane as it sounds, is it, it it actually pushes you to become a better person. Sure, yeah, you know, right? Because it opens up your mind to. A different way of thinking. A different way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you question things, and right. you, that's the whole goal. It's yeah. like for hunger, it's like be yourself. How hard is that? Being yourself when you're a kid, right? Oh, it's, yeah. It's next it, to impossible. It's only next to impossible. Right, right. Stand you're just, up for you're just stand up for right. what you believe in, and like like what you like, not what everybody else likes. Right. You and know? That's, I mean, and that's like that's like it flies in the face of everything that you're being told to do yeah. because it's so difficult to get through those years without yeah. having so much outside input. So I remember when we were, I think it was uh, the first record, it was uh, Black Flags Damaged, the, or Lance, my friend Lance, who lived down the street from our house, mm-hmm. um, he was one of my best friends, brought a cassette, and we used to bring boomboxes down to the beach, and we listened to it all summer. Yeah, yeah. So it was like our... It was summer our summer soundtrack, right? It was our summer soundtrack. <clears throat> and then the guys, different friends started buying instruments. So a couple of guys bought guitars. Lance played bass. And then um, because I didn't have an instrument, they just had me sing. And we would, <laughs> I, I always love that. That's the default. Where it's like, you're always going to have one dude in the group. Because I, I sang for the bands that I was in. And it's, it is 100% that it's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Where it's like, we're all hanging out. Everybody else had an instrument. They're just like, oh, yeah, here's the microphone. <laughs> right. And we would, yeah, so we, we, we would cover Bad Religion songs. Nice. Um, <laughs> and we would just try different, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Just picking around, songs. right? Yeah, we were 13 and 14 years old. Right. And then um, as we spent more time going to see bands, we went to all the old the old classic spots in, in L.A. Pump. We, sure. Well, you know, the, the way the way my friends and I look at it, you know, if you, if you meet a kid that got into it in '77, mm-hmm. we missed we missed the we missed the the punk rock phase. We missed punk rock, right? And we were we're the product of hardcore punk. Sure, we almost missed that, right? You know, I mean, there's some arguments that, that hardcore punk yeah. and self died in '83, right? And so we got into it in '83, right? So maybe we even missed that. And we, I kind of always say that I was at. Punk rock's funeral or punk rock's wake. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punk rock's wake. So I witnessed, I witnessed, I saw it, I I, I lived it. Right. But we were almost at at the end, the tail end of it all. Yeah. I see, it's, I, I, I I always take such umbrage with that. Like those, those delineations, those lines in the sand where people say like, because I mean, for me, like, I just use the word like independent music, independent culture. Because it's like, all all it does is it's just adapted. It's like, it's just different versions of what happened prior to that. So it's like, that's, I mean, you know, so many people obviously like reference American Hardcore, the movie. And it's like, you know, the feeling that I got for like, obviously not being able to participate in any of that because I was fucking four years old. Yeah. Like, to me, that was like such a, it's such a defeatist way of thinking. Yeah. Of like, okay, well, that that died then, so this shit that's happening now is not as vital as what it was right, back right. then. And it's like, to me, that line of thinking is so, uh, I just hate that, you right, know? Right, 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 Like, right. and obviously, it's like a person such as yourself, who has obviously gone through so many different musical uh, iterations and still has the passion and fervor for it. Right, right, right. Like, that, I mean, you obviously don't follow that standard of just like, whoa, whatever, fuck, like, this is a different thing now, so I don't care about it. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know... You know, I, I would hate to say like, oh, I've, I got to see all the old punk shows, but 
you know, we, we got to go to the Olympic Auditorium, uh-huh. saw all the big LA punk shows. Sure. Made it to the Cuckoo's Nest, made it to Cafe de Grand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some old school cat would listen and go, dude, that was five years after I started going to shows. But yeah. we, we, we were kids, we got to see it, we, we got to experience it. How would yeah. that, like, how, how did your mom react to you getting into this stuff? Like, was she just like, um, Jonathan is some weird yeah, stuff? Yeah. Um, for my family situation, we were just trying to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, as a single mother, that's... Yeah, we were just trying, and, and, you know, um, I think she was happy. My friends were at my house every day, right. all day. And you seemed like you had a support system. Yeah, right? yeah, and you're right. into it, and, and, you know, she was never critical of it, and, and she she took us to show, she went to a show one time just to see what it was like, and... Sure. It was pretty crazy because there was like kids having sex, and it was at the Olympic. It was, it was uh, the exploited, I think, crowd played, and and there was like kids in the balconies like having sex. There was right kids throwing up everywhere, fights everywhere. You're like, mom, it's cool if I can come to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fucking nuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but she was always supportive, and especially when uh, we started we started playing music and all that. And, right. I think he was just happy that I wasn't getting in any trouble. And, sure. And, uh, well, it's always it's always exciting, like when you see, um, you know, I, I presume as a parent, like obviously once you start to see your kid develop some sort of passion, like that's where it's like you're like, okay, like yeah, that that's yeah. good. Like they're interested in something. Because yeah. that's the last thing as a parent, the last thing you want. Where it's just like, oh, my kid doesn't care about anything. I'm sure she wishes. <laughs> I wish you wish you were passionate about something else. Like school. Like maybe school or like math or reading uh, English. Yeah, yeah. Something that could actually, you know. So you were were a a terrible student as you were going through high school or you just like skated by? My mind was always somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I, I, I was I was a terrible student. Right. Was, you were not. I was, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was, they had your body, but not your mind. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was always on academic probation. I'm not proud of it, and I hope my son doesn't hear this. But uh, I was into music, and that was right. it. And uh, hanging out and like seeing bands, listening to bands, listening, reading fanzines, mm-hmm. um, hanging out. I bought a moped at 13, and I would just ride it around everywhere. And yeah. And, and what happened was we ended up meeting a lot of. Punks from other we we well, we we grew up in the South Bay and all the bands in the South Bay seeing Sacrament Trust practice in a, a house in Harbor City near our elementary school and we were you know twelve years old watching them practice and Jack Brewer was always like super nice to us and like, just let us right. like hang out and you know uh, that's when I realized because seeing Sacrament Trust I mean it's uh, you know they're an art jazz punk yeah. Fusion uh, poet poetry, right, right, band, right, right. you know, and they were really extreme. And then seeing the Minutemen, and these are all local bands. These are bands that live like a mile from my house, right, right. And and you realize, and then you hear the Descendants, and they're they were a weird band. Oh, totally. I mean, you don't, you don't, rock, you don't, yeah, you don't think about your rock. feelings. You don't think about your feelings, right, right. For you don't rock, like, this isn't it, it wasn't Minor Threat, no, and it wasn't Necros, and it wasn't no, Agnostic no. Front. I mean, it was <laughs> it wasn't abrasive, right, right, right. right. But it was punk. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously Black Flag, and they were getting weirder and weirder and weirder as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, the Nip Drivers, I don't know if you ever Yeah, 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 yeah. The Nip Drivers were, we would go and see them, and, and they'd have these these, these week, weekend parties where they'd play a party on a Friday night, and then they'd play a party during the day on a Saturday, and then they'd play a party during the day on a Sunday, so we'd call them Nip Driver Weekends, and... 
And they were fucking out of control. They were like, <laughs> right. and this is all, this is all like, which is like a 10 block radius. Yeah, this yeah. is our, this is our community. Your hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, so that shaped the way we thought about what punk was uh-huh. and is and can be, can't be. They, there's no limits. Like y'all, when you hear all that stuff, you just think like, punk can be anything. You right, know, like, right. punk doesn't have to be like I said, minor threat. Right, or, of course. Is, is right, my you don't need favorite your, band. You yeah, know? you don't need like, to have the uniform. You don't need like you can right. essentially exist in this community. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. That's yeah. the whole idea. Like that's where I realized like punk is other than what I thought it was. You can right. do whatever you want. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so you had the. I mean, obviously, like you were saying, when you had. You know, when you didn't have an instrument, and they thrust the mic right. in your face. Like, so you, like once you started to play, was it one of those things where you're just like, "Yo, this is it. Like, this is I, I, I just need to play in bands. Like, this yeah, is what I want to." I had I had been doing it for a few years, mm-hmm. and then um, we started Reason Leave in '86. Right, that that was your first band. That was well, yeah, that was my first real band. Right, like, okay. Where, where we would, we did, would but did, did you ever play a show prior to that on, under uh, you know some other incarnation? We had a band called Old People. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I know. That's a good band name, though. Yeah, right? That yeah, is. yeah, it was funny. I've heard worse first band names. <laughs> but recently was the first uh, band where we actively started... Right, you know, trying to do try, Yeah, right, like right, we right. did a demo. And yeah. We'd go and play, like, shows. And, we, you know, we played with a lot of great bands. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, because you reasonably was always so interesting... To, I mean, obviously, like, because I never saw you guys or experienced you guys, yeah. but the uh, looking at what you guys were doing, where it was just like it was this, it, it was weird. Like you yeah. guys didn't make sense in the context of what was happening. Right, at that time. but but right because if you're looking at us from an Orange County angle, sure. If you look at us from a South Bay angle, that's true. Right, you right. know, we were a South Bay band. That's true. And so when growing up with like what I, we just got to talking about, yeah, you know, you, you do what you want, right? You know, and it made sense to you, yeah. Guys. yeah, yeah. But but like you said before, um, by default we would play with Instead, and who were friends of mine, and right. we'd play with uh, you know Hard Stance, or we would play with these Orange County sure. hardcore bands. Right, right. And we didn't really fit in in mm-hmm. musically. Um, we didn't. We didn't not fit in. Right, right. But we weren't. Yeah, you know, there was, there's a little bit of descendants in reasonably, like sure. talking about girls or, of course. you know, but also talking about the scene, the scene, mm-hmm. you know, and and how fucked up the scene was, and so the Orange County bands, I think, all appreciated us because we weren't, we were our own thing, right? We were, right. We were from this weird place and our own yeah. thing, and and. And we had our own angle, right? You know, which and like, what, how? So how? With reason to believe, was it one of the? That was a post, like your high school, like no, I was in high school. You were in high school, yeah. Okay. I was like six. I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old. Okay, yeah, so it was my high school band. Got it. And then, yeah. so you, as you started to transition out of, like, you know, was, I mean, I presume high school, like, you were just completely, you know, you were by all definition of the term, just like you know, a total punk rock kid. Like, yeah. you know, did you did you have those you know typical stories of like you know getting picked on or is that people no, generally no. like leave you alone? Like, well, the only time we never got it wasn't getting picked on yeah. because we we had a core group of of guys and some of them were gnarly, you know, you <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot of them were fucked up, right? Yeah. Right. And so. But it, it it was more of um, there was definitely a line drawn in the sand between the heavy metalers and the got it and the punks. Sure. So 
a lot of the long hairs would would this is be these aren't these aren't speed metal dudes. These weren't right. these weren't like um these were like guys that were still stuck in like wearing their Judas Priest shirts or wearing their their Iron Maiden shirts and they right. they they for whatever reason you see them, they see you and it'd be on. For right. whatever reason. So yeah, yeah. there was that. Um there was a lot of uh skinhead issues. Uh-huh. Got it. Uh but you guys just tried to stick to your community, and that was so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people would. I mean, people could say, oh, you know, punk sucks or whatever, and right. you know what? The, but but nobody nobody would would start shit. Yeah, there was there was, there was uh, enough of us to. Uh, there was more problems with other punks, you sure. know, just the you know, which is, that happened. Yeah, yeah. It was just it, that was that was what was such a shame about uh, being. A, you had to worry more about uh, other punks than you did about anybody else. Right, you know, right. Did you uh, did you have plans like so, I mean, as 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 reasonably started to you know play out and like obviously you know I mean, do weekends here and there. I'm sure. Um, did you you know like did you go to college where you're like oh gosh I can't wait to enter said profession or whatever like what was, what was your mom doing for work at that time like during, I don't just here and there yeah yeah, yeah I don't even remember yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she worked at some uh, uh, like a surgical clinic or got something. it yeah okay. you know I mean uh, I think I think when I was in high school I realized that that's what I was gonna do mm-hmm. at least you know um, you know I know. We, I did, I did, you know, Reason to Believe ended right as I was entering junior college. Okay. And we did a tour with Uniform Choice and, and instead, mm-hmm. and uh, across the country. That was my first tour when I was 17. Sure. Turning 18. But, uh... Did that, like, your first tour, was it one of those things where you... Because obviously the conditions that you were touring in were, you know, like you were probably traveling in we were the worst Jimmy, band. We were, yeah, we were in a Jimmy, in a Jimmy, like, four, four-wheeler, you know, with a, with a trailer, I think, yeah, with a <laughs> right. trailer. Of course. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, back then, in 89, I think this was, we did the tour in 89, and Punk was very desolate. Like, oh, yeah. If you ask anybody, like, it was, it was dead. Yeah. Like, it was deader than a doornail. Like, right, right. It, it, it's crazy to to think about that it would come back in the form of Offspring and Green Day. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, be, and well, Rancid too. You of know, course, I mean, right, but the right. thing that it would actually come back. You know, what really brought it back was Bad Religion doing that. Oh, of course, was it No Control or uh-huh. whatever it was? Like it kind of gave us a glimmer of hope. Right, that, right. But but traveling across the country and playing in the middle of nowhere, I mean, it was just like, it was just non-existent. Right, Where right. were all the punks, you know what I mean? Right, right, that right. That was crazy. But, I mean, I perceive that first tour, it was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that was definitely what I wanted to do. We came home, we had this really good drummer on the Reason Lee record, uh-huh. and Rodney had done the drums on the tour, but he, he couldn't really play the drums as well as the drummer on the record. Oh, sure. And he wanted to play guitar, so we ended up we ended up just deciding, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start over. We're gonna start something new and different. We're gonna try to help, like I said, help cultivate something new. Right. And that's the thing. That's the thing that when I think about DC hardcore or you know what Fugazi had done and the idea of Let's let's. I don't want to say let's start our own scene, right? Because I don't want people to think that I'm saying that we started it, right? 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 But let's let's do our own thing, of course. And, and anyone that wants to be part of it can follow it. But 
we want to play with all of our favorite bands like Jawbox and Jawbox. Sure, sure. Like, let's do. Let's just do something. Let's do our version of something yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I, did, I mean, that totally came across in pretty much, I mean, for, you know, especially the first two Cessfield records where it was like, yeah, that you guys were establishing yourselves, but then also obviously refining how, you know, you guys existed not only within the scene, but obviously how you could exist beyond just playing in front of the people you played. In yeah, and, 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 you know, it was it was just about shedding the, the skin of, like, I really wanted to not be a part of the violence. Yeah, sure. That was the thing that bothered me the most, mm-hmm. was just the... I was... I, I had grown out of it. A lot of the old punks went and turned into deadheads. Right. And I used that used to, like, fucking blow my mind. Like, what, how could you right. betray... That's like the antithesis yeah. of what... Yeah, like how, yeah. But you know what it was? It was just because... Apparently, I didn't ever experience it, but it was a fun time, and people were cool, <laughs> right. and you could party. It was positive. And it, and right. it wasn't, yeah, and right. it wasn't, you, you didn't have to worry about all the, the drama. Of course, you know? yeah, yeah. And so it makes sense to me why they did it. Sure. You know, you grew out of the... The, the violent the, nature of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. You know? And, and um, that's just, I think that's just how I felt. I just didn't want to be a part of mm-hmm. the... When we were talking about the attitude of kids thinking of what punk was and, mm-hmm. and and you had to everyone that would join into the punk rock community and you had to deal with a lot of kids that still had the mindset like okay being punk means being an asshole being punk means starting a fight being punk means destroying a show right or or, or just being you, nihilistic in the nihilistic yeah. When, yeah. And, and, and you had to deal with all these people right that hadn't gotten to the thinking of what of, yeah. of where you were at, and you, sure. had, you had to live with it all the time. Like, okay, here we go. Here goes another fucking moron. Right, right. You know that doesn't get it. Well, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I think. And, I mean, it's it's interesting to hear all of you say that, or to say to hear you say all of that because it's like that is totally a reflection of your intent versus what was accomplished with obviously Sensefield, especially right. like I said, especially with the two records. I mean it's like the I mean the first two in particular where it's like those were both like statements exactly against mm-hmm. everything of what you're talking about. It's right. like, you know, I mean you're like love is building. Like come on. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that that is totally yeah. a statement against all of that of what you're experiencing. Yeah. Um and I I find it interesting too with what you guys obviously um you know once, once the you know the late '90s started, you know '97, '98, when so much uh, attention from the outside started to come into you know bands like you know you guys, Texas Threes, and like you know the sort of the idea of the major label stuff coming you know yeah. a, a part of the part of the play, and then obviously you guys ended up you know signing to a major and then right. having that whole thing. Yeah. Um, was it one of those things like once the outside world? Started to pay attention. Was it just? Was it just really weird? You're like, where? Where are these people coming from? Like, was it? You know, I'm trying to think because it was. It was. It was so long ago. Right. I think you know when when Walter from Quicksand got signed to a major. I it made me realize like you know what? Not, I don't want to say like anybody can get signed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. certainly wasn't right. Of us. Like, well, it's it's not outside the realm of, of possibility. Oh sure, right, right, right. You know, there's um, a precedent that's set. Like, we and, can't, and to we, be honest with you, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, <clears throat> every one of my friends' bands were getting signed. Right. Oh, like, it, it was a feeding frenzy for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, Rocket from the Crypt. The, yep. You know, I've been friends with John Reese forever. Tim, Time Bomb, and Matt. Yep. 
you know, well, did they ever sign? They might not have ever signed. But, they, yeah. Okay, but Green Day. Right. Okay, Scott Miami got signed. Yeah. Uh, seaweed got signed. Right. Into Another got signed. Um, a lot of, almost everybody I knew right. got signed. Totally. So, I didn't, I didn't think of, I didn't think of us as this, like, little post-hardcore band. I mean, I just felt like we were, like, a 90s rock band. In right. The, in the, but we're post-hardcore. But Of course. Like, all my friends were getting signed. Right. And doing their own thing. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no, yeah. So I'm sure, because it's like... I, I, I didn't feel like they were, they were recognizing the scene. Right. I think they were just recognizing the records. Of course. Oh, totally. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's they, true. They, I, I knew they didn't understand the scene. Right. They didn't understand the context of why you were creating music in right. the first place. Or where we were coming from at right, all. Right, right, yeah. right. But, you know, I, I see that that's an interesting thought in regards to, like, well, all of my peers are doing it. Like, right. well, why why would this not, why would we not talk to these people? Why would we not entertain these ideas? Well, it, 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 it was, at that point, too, we had done three records on Revelation. Right. And no diss on Rev, but oh. we would, back then, pre-internet, pre-cell phone, we would put out a record, go on tour, and people would still say, I didn't know you had a new record of out. Of course, yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't know you were playing in town. Right. And I didn't know you were even on tour. I mean, so yeah. it got to the point where we felt we'd exhausted all avenues. Of Rev, Rev was only so big where right. they, their reach had only gone so far, yeah. and it, it, it couldn't support what you the level that you guys had grown to. That's yeah, just yeah. the reality. Yeah, yeah. and we spent yeah. however many years touring. And, of and course. With everyone saying they didn't know your <laughs> right. records out. And yeah, you're like, like, yo, oh. we're on a third record. But yeah. Something needs to change yeah. here. Yeah, I yeah. remember specifically building, we were touring on building, uh-huh. and no one knew we had a new record out. <laughs> yeah, no one, which is not a good sign. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah. brutal. The only reason yeah. they knew is because they saw it at your merch table in the back. And yeah. that's not, that, yeah, shouldn't be, yeah. that shouldn't be the first line yeah. of recognition <laughs> for the you have a new record out. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think. <laughs> I think it was just part of of the '90s, part of being yeah. a band in the '90s, and it it wasn't special mm-hmm. courting being courted by major labels because everybody I knew right. didn't matter. It was what, it was almost it the matter. opposite. Yeah. If you weren't getting looked at, you're like, "What the fuck are we doing wrong?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody got signed. Right, it right. didn't matter who you were. They right. were anything that walked or crawled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got some sort of pulse. You got some sort of thing going on over there. Sure, we'll go ahead. We'll go and figure exactly it out. How yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was just it was just the way it was. Yeah, you know the. Um, Something that's always interested me about you know you obviously as a musician as well is like your your voice is very polarizing. People either love it or they hate it. All right. Like, and I, I mean, I personally like I, I think I obviously enjoy what you do, but I, I think um, has that been the common conception where people are like, oh, I can get on board with whatever John's doing because of how unique your voice is, or holy shit. I can't like it's like nails on the chalkboard, or I mean I'm sure it's the sort of feedback that you don't necessarily get face to face. But uh, you know, have you found yourself being polarizing from that perspective? I think I think that because I love bands and I love music, and yeah. I know I know what it's like to like a band and to like a vocalist and to like a, a song, and right, um, you can't. You're never going to please everyone. Yeah. And 
Just like I don't like a band, I can't blame someone else for not liking my band. Sure. Do I, you know, if I love a band, um, I might like them because of their singer. Sure. Or their drummer or whatever. And I can't, you can't walk around, you can't be a singer in a band and, and expect everyone to like your voice. That's not the way it works. Yeah. And, um... You get record reviews where people say, you know, how much I suck or how great it is or whatever. Right. But most people don't tell you to your face they don't like your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially me being, you know, six foot six and 250 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they'll keep it to themselves. Well, and, and I don't blame someone, you know. There's, right. there's bands that I think sound great, but... Their singer, their singer ruins it for me. Sure, sure. There's other bands who I love their singer, but their band ruins it. So yeah, yeah. No, yeah, well, it's, but, a, it's a healthy attitude, obviously. Like yeah. you said, I mean, I think you do. You can't please everybody, and it's just like, well, yeah, it's like this. You, this is what I do. Yeah, you put it out there, and you and you let people decide what, if they of like course. it or not, and you can't you can't fret over. Uh, you can't. You're not going to change people's minds or whatever. You just right. gotta. You just gotta do it. Just keep, yeah, keep doing what you do. Yeah, and then yeah. maybe maybe they'll change their mind or maybe they don't. Yeah. And that's the way it yeah. is. The um, uh, I find it interesting. Or I mean, a, a, another you know touchstone of your your musical output is the um, you know when when save yourself hit and like the yeah. you know it, it was so. I mean, especially from from the outside observer, like obviously it wasn't in the band watching. People who like had no connection, right? In any shape, way, shape, or form, were like had heard, you know, yeah. say yourself on the radio, and it was just like I remember like going to shows because like I saw you guys, you know, a, a decent amount, um, and like, I remember specifically going to one show at the Glass House. You guys were, um, I'm fairly certain, you were headlining, huh. and it was like I really felt like the, you know. It, a basis of comparison is a band like Jimmy World, yeah. where it's just like, you know, I felt the shift, like, in watching them from, you know, Static Prevails to Clarity. Like, you started to feel the shift, like, at the crowd, where right. you're just like, okay, like, you know, this is not what I saw them, you know, years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I felt that with you guys. Like, where it's Ooh. like, that just hit. And, like, was it, I mean, I'm sure it was just insanely surreal for you guys, where you're just like, what? What is all this? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, um, I think at that point, after being together for almost 10 years, Right. The fact that you have, like, that doesn't happen. No, I know. <laughs> but, you know, that, as you say, like, getting your song on the radio is very cool. Right. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and playing the Tonight Show is awesome. Right. You know what I mean? It, uh, making the video and having people watch it is, is it's, it's, it is. It's, it's really cool. And, and uh, you know, I think at that point I just wanted to enjoy it and not, I didn't feel... I, I learned to not get too high right. during the high moments and sure. not getting too low during the low moments because we'd already been dropped by Warner. I mean, there was certainly some, um, uh, what is it called when you, when you know, I, I felt good about being able to survive it and like live through it. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, but at the same time, I was wary to get too excited, like, oh, emotionally, sure. to let myself... I just wanted to enjoy it. Right. And, like... Well, and, I, th and, I, th I think that... I, th I mean, I think what you're trying to say... I mean, like, the, the idea... Because everyone always says... And we it's, were, it's, we, I felt vindicated to a certain oh, extent. Okay. Like, after, after getting dropped by Warner and... 
Yeah, you're like, and yo, we don't suck. We're we're pretty we're pretty good we're, band. We're, yeah, yeah. Not in, in, and in, not in an egotistical way, but yeah, yeah. Right. And and I remember when we got drop it, I I thought to myself because I was so bummed out about it. Mm-hmm. I decided um, while we, we 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 as a band decided we were going to re-record the record because Warner wouldn't give us our record, so we were going to re-record it on our own. Right. And our guitar player Chris Evenson did the took on that whole that whole monster, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, like, instead of just sitting around the, the house, I'm going to get a job, and I'm gonna I'm just going to go back to what I would do normally, you know, until we get ready to go. Right. So I got this job at a flower shop off a uh, uh, large one in, in L.A. right there. Oh, sure. And um, and I remember one of the Warner executives came in to the flower shop, mm-hmm. and she's and I was working there, and she's like, oh, you know. Hey. Yeah, like what are you do- what are you doing here? And I was talking to this lady, this local lady Pinky, who's like this kind of burnout, like kind of crazy lady. Uh-huh. And she had like pink hair and like I was just sitting there and she was in, in the in the Warner's it was really uncomfortable ordering flowers from this flower shop that I was working at. <laughs> and at that point we had already started talking to network records who had cold play. Yeah. And this Warner executive was telling me she didn't know it at the time, but we were already talking to network and getting ready to sign with them. And um, she was saying how she was trying to leave uh, Warner for a network, uh-huh. and we were already we were already going to sign it. Right, network. right. And so I just remember sitting there like laughing because she was she was weirded out. Right. By um, running into you, yeah, by yeah, running yeah. into me, like embarrassed for me, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you're working at a flower yeah, shop. Yeah, you're yeah. like, dude, this is fine. Like, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just doing my thing. I mean, weird stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally understand. Because obviously, like, you know, we, we were, I was alluding to earlier, the fact that, you know, you've obviously kept up your enthusiasm for music in general. And then obviously with, you know, the War Generation record, um, it, you know, I mean, without being too hacky of a question, it's just like, you know, what, what keeps you inspired to obviously keep creating music? <laughs> you know, a, a part of it is it's all I know. Uh-huh. And it's all I've ever done. And I just love it so much. I mean... I don't like the business side of it. Sure. And I, I... Well, you've never... I mean, there you can totally tell certain people in bands that are the typical sort of, like, business people. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, not knowing you, but just observing you and obviously the way that you handled yourself, yeah. you never seem like the guy that's like, oh, dude, I can't wait to stick my teeth into a recording contract. Like, right, I, right, right. you're just like, let yeah. me just do this. That's all, it's all stuff that I could live without. Right. You know, my, my thing is to write songs and to create... You know, I always want to write the perfect pop punk song. You know, like, yeah. I want to make, and I want to bring the energy that I that I, I had when I was young. Like, I, like the the things that drove me to love music so much uh-huh. as a kid that got me through so many problems and helped me get through life. Right. And the energy that it brought, you know, like yeah. That's that's what I want to get on tape. I don't always succeed at it. That's what I want on tape, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm constantly in, in uh, on a quest to right. make this music that can bring some energy, some urgency, or some some some. Right, like you you can you can be that music for you know a prospective whatever fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old kid. They can I, use. I would love that, you know that and that that because that I know that's what got me through my dark times, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not about, obviously, it's not about the money, and it's not about, you know, anybody knowing my name. I don't give a shit about 
any of that stuff. And if you ask anyone, they'll, they'll tell you, like, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not in it for that. Right. I want to, I want to make, that's what makes me feel alive and makes me feel like anything's possible. Because mm-hmm. punk rock, that, that era of, uh, of hardcore punk in the, brought that to my life. Mm-hmm. And if I can bring even a snippet of that to someone else's through music, yeah, then and and help help anyone get through some just bullshit dark darkness, you know, yeah, uh, that's the legacy I want to leave. You know, sure. I want to I want to be there. I want the music to be there for people and mm-hmm. for the good and the bad, not right. just bad, but right the highs and the lows. You know, the well, <laughs> it strikes me, you know, the. The idea that you obviously also want to, you know, tour and still like, because that, you know, I, I think by the time that, you know, most people reach the age of, you know, whatever, you know, late 20s, early 30s, it's like the idea of touring is, um, you know, I mean, the idea of touring like in a van and like doing it, um, that becomes very, that, that that's not appealing. And like, you know, the, the, the position you're at in your life where it's like, obviously, your father, your yeah. husband, like, there are all these things like, you know, what... What brings you to spend time away from those things that obviously are meaningful to you? That's the only time, you know, you're a father as well. Yeah. And, you know, you spend most of your time for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of being a parent. And that's what we do as right. parents. Right. And that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it. But at some point, you need to do something for yourself in mm-hmm. order to, to even be a good parent. That's true. You know, yeah, yeah. you have to have your own life within that life, yeah. your own creative world, right. or whatever it is, through right. work or through friendships or whatever, right, whatever, you, yeah. or whatever or you find. Or, or else you'll be unhappy. That's true. And then you bring the unhappiness to your family. That's true. And really, uh, the only time I feel comfortable within with, with doing something for myself. Mm-hmm. Is when there's loud guitars, there's drums, bass, and mm-hmm. there's a microphone, and we're traveling and we're playing. Like that's where I feel like I'm comfortable. Right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I, yeah. No, you find you find your place. No, I, that's it. But I, I really I feel at peace. Like that's right. where I want to be. Yeah. Not to say I don't want to be at home with my kid. That, of course. that has nothing to do with it. Right. But if I'm gonna do something for myself, that's that's that's, that's where I feel. At peace. Yeah. Well, I find it really. I I, I like that you hit on the idea um, because I, I totally think this is generational, especially. I mean, because like I'm I'm 33, and like you said, you're you know you're 43, and there obviously there's there's some years difference between that. Yeah. But the idea that especially from you know I guess a previous generation where it's like the you know whatever the fathers and mothers it's like no nose to the grindstone like working jobs they hate and then obviously there's that that context of what you're talking about where it's like they bring that weight home right they bring that negativity of just like like man i'm not doing fucking anything and like their their time for themselves is like you know watching a ball game you know drinking a beer for 40 minutes and like that's like no like release you know and so it's interesting that you're just like hey like this this time away will make me a, a, better, a better dad. Yeah. Right. And, you know, because you have a son as well. Yeah. My son and I are like Siamese twins. When we're together, we, we, we are together right. nonstop. Right, right, right. And he relies pretty heavily on me 
because he's turned he just turned 10 you know i want him to become a little bit more independent and mm-hmm. not not rely so heavily on me for the small things yeah you know yeah. get yourself dressed get yourself breakfast get yourself yeah cleaned up get yourself take care of your own stuff right you know get yourself a glass of water and you'll you'll experience this as as your son gets older yeah 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 a big part of that song do it yourself right on the on the record uh-huh was I'm trying to teach my son like you do things for yourself. Do do it yourself. Yeah, take yeah. care of yourself and in whatever aspect of life you're you're working on. You right, know? right, right. And I think being away has made my son a better kid. Uh huh. Because he's true. Yeah, yeah. He, he has to. And, and look, I was away for six weeks. That's not a long time. It's a long time to a kid, but. Right. You know, you can FaceTime now. Before, you couldn't do that. You know? Right, You right, can right. see each other still. But I think it's an important lesson for him to, to become a, a just more self-reliant. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and to break away for a minute. Right. You know, to see what it's like. Like, when you're, you got to do stuff on your own. Sure, you sure. Know? So. The last thing I kind of want to hit on was the, um, you know, the, the idea of, like, like you were saying, you know, you've obviously, especially from, like, the musical perspective where it's like, you know, you've, you've had highs and you've had lows and, like, people obviously always experience lows, especially when they're dedicating their life to a creative art because that's not easy. Like, there's a, that it's never met with the, oh, like, okay, you're going to be a lawyer. I understand that. It's like, oh, I'm going to be creative. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, so what, what proverbially, like, you know, pulled yourself out of those lows where it was just like, oh, like, you know, whatever, we got dropped by Warner or like, what are all these, all these low points that happened within a creative life? Um, you know, what, I guess what inspired you to pull up, you know, out of that? And I'm sure there's different instances oh, for different times. Of, there's a yeah, million yeah, yeah. of them. Yeah, there are a million of them. Right. Well, I mean, I think having a family helps. Mm-hmm. Having people that like you outside of being a singer of a band. Right. Having really good friends. You know, I have yeah. great friends. I don't have sure. a lot of them, but right. they're they're in it to win it. To, right. the, to the end, you know? Right. And having always a- having a sense of belief of, like, you know, I never stop looking for... It's so it's such a it's such a huge question. I know it is because there's a lot of years of and course. there's a lot of bands and there's a lot of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know having a family um, right always being interested in music. I mean, there's a part of me that never wanted to do music again. Of course, my I'm best sure. friend, my right. best friend Greg. Um, we were talking like probably even three years ago, mm-hmm. and I just said, "Dude, I'm done. I'm never going to do it again." And then the next thing you know, I'm writing a record. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like you just. You, you you can say what you want, but it's it's just not going to leave, you know. And right. and I think I just decided I'm going to just keep keep doing it. Right. I don't know. Something kind of clicked in my brain where it, it's like hard. As long it's as, as it's hardwired in me. Yeah, it's hardwired in me. And as long as I can, I'm going to keep doing it. And it's it's harder. It gets harder and harder every year because you got to. How do you not care about what people think? Of the thing you care about most. That's true. That's the that's the thing. And you you really have to just go forward with blinders on and just uh-huh. say fuck it. Like fuck it. Right. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That's the thing. You just you have to stop caring about what people say and what people think. Sure. And if you're too old or you too it's not punk enough or it's too punk or you don't sound like anyone else, you sound too much like this person and <laughs> and you, you just you can't win, right? You just, right. You just, just just do it. You just yeah. make your own make your own music and and 
Stop caring. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Stop caring about the thing you care about more than anything besides your kid. Right, right. No, no, of course. mind-blowing, yeah. Yeah. No. It's the fucking high-wire act. Yeah, it is, it is. Well, I really appreciate you hanging out and spending the time, and it it was, uh, went to some fun places.